Hello, everybody. It's Sam Jacobs. Welcome back to the Sales Hacker Podcast and happy Friday. It's Friday Fundamentals. Uh, this week, we've got back on the show, Stephen Brody. He's the guest for the week. We had an incredible interview on Tuesday. I hope you heard it. it all about Stephen's experience, both in Army Special Operations as a ranger, but also as a leader, uh, building and scaling MuleSoft and Bevy and really his insights, which I thought were fantastic on interviewing and hiring. And so that's where we're going to focus today's conversation. We're going to talk about the mistakes that people make when they're hiring. Now, before we get there, we need to thank the people that put the iced coffee on my desk, and that is Outreach. Friday Fundamentals is brought to you by Outreach. Outreach triples the productivity of sales teams and empowers them to drive predictable and measurable revenue growth. By prioritizing the right activities and scaling customer engagement with intelligent automation, Outreach makes customer-facing teams more effective and improves visibility into what really drives results. Now, Stephen, welcome back to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. We're putting the question to you. What are the top mistakes people make in the hiring process? Yeah. So there's three glaring mistakes that stand out to me. The first is over-reliance on general interviewing versus having a calibrated, structured interview process. By that, I mean you have consistent calibrated questions that are unique to each role that you're interviewing for and that they target specific hiring attributes. The second piece is there is a real sort of gap in whether or not people are putting candidates through realistic job exercises or having effective job exercises, meaning there is an under rotation on actually testing someone's ability to do the actual job itself. They tend to be testing instead for things like presentation skills. And they also tend to really leave out testing specifically and explicitly for coachability, which as a sales leader is arguably the single most important trait you need in any hire. And the third piece for me that I see all the time is an over-reliance on candidate-provided references, which should actually only be used to help get to back-channel references. And when those back-channels are done, you need to do them in a systematic way where you actually get actionable feedback that helps you determine whether or not you should hire someone versus confirms that you're going to. I love it. All right. So, and then you, there's a bonus, right? There's, there's, there's one more question that you ask hiring managers that for you indicates their level of prioritization. What is that question? Yeah. Well, for me, like the biggest leading indicator of whether or not any team is going to hit their number is whether or not they've hit their headcount goal and whether or not they've hit their headcount goal by hiring great people. So the question I always ask other sales leaders that I'm working with is, to pull open their calendar and tell me how much time they're actually spending on hiring, right? Because let's say hiring, it, it counts for somewhere between 25 and 50% of your success as a sales leader. Are you spending between 25 and 50% of your time hiring, especially when you're behind on your headcount number, or especially when you're experiencing hyper growth and need to get ahead of it? I'd find like nine out of 10 times the answer is no. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm, I'm guilty of this myself. This is something I, uh, maybe this, this podcast will be the motivation for me to, to really change my ways at 43 years of age. So <laughs> <laughs> it's still possible. I believe yeah, in change. Possible. Yeah. Beginner's <laughs> mindset, right? Exactly. Um, all right. So the three things are 
not having a structured interview process, testing for the wrong things. I think that's so important. Testing for presentation skills when an SDR is not going to be giving presentations. And what you really need to be testing for is coachability. Can, can you say, try saying this and do they absorb it and say that after you tell them to? And then the final thing is back channel references and not back channel references. References not as an act of just rubber stamping, but really a question of should we make this higher? Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think the other piece is using data to inform what traits and attributes you should actually be looking for. So, you know, there's like a, a sort of calibration of what the specific traits and attributes of a great salesperson are on the one hand. But there's other things like so at MuleSoft early on when I was running the SDR and inside sales org in the Americas, we were told that like we needed to really seek to identify kids from top tier schools, like Ivy league schools, because that showed they had a track record of excellence. I said, first of all, like, show me the data. I went and I did the analysis and we basically found that like, to be fair, some of the top overall performers, did come from Ivy League schools far and away by like two orders of magnitude, kids from like tier two and tier three schools radically outperform those kids from Ivy League schools. So if you think like you're looking for cognitive horsepower as an example, as some trader attribute that you're trying to seek out and you have like the caliber of school they went to, like go and calibrate whether or not the data actually substantiates that. Absolutely agree. And uh, I know Anyway, we don't have to talk. I mean, you know, well, there, there, there's there's a bunch of issues with Ivy League schools specifically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because there are a, there are a meaningful group of people that work their asses off to get there, yeah. and there are an equally meaningful number of people whose parents made large contributions and who just had the right social background, and that's why they got to go to those Ivy League schools. And so that is not unfortunately an, enough of a determinant. And then when it comes to sales, you're right. I, I think that. You need somebody with a chip on their shoulder that has something to prove, and that's not often the case with somebody that's that's kind of gone through the world. Unequ- unequ- and unequivocally, and when you think about what's going on in the world today, I think one of the worst ways you can systematically disadvantage, like you know, opportunities for people who bring diverse backgrounds and experiences, is to over rotate on where they went to school. You know, it's 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 amazing that. The McKinsey's and Bain's of the world are still like basically only pulling from 10 to 20 schools. And I would be fascinated to remember by like, well, I would love to like remember to take a look back 10 years from now and see if they're still doing that because I think they're shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, that's a great point. Which, by the way, my last comment, though, however, however, I'm not I am not personally I'm not advocating. I'm not one of these Silicon Valley types. That's like we need to do, abolish the university system. And I do believe that a liberal arts education is a very useful thing for people. People should not just learn STEM. That's incorrect. And that's not true. So I'm uh, happy complete, to fight with anybody com- over that. <laughs> completely agree. And on top of that, I think our biggest competitive advantage as a country and the the most sort of core thing to the defense of our nation, I say this as someone who went to war five times, is ed- like creating greater opportunities for university and higher levels of education. Like I love the Lambda schools of the world. I'm doing Code Academy myself right now for shits and giggles. But 
I do think the fact that I had a totally useless degree from a state school has actually come to help me in ways other than just being an insufferable prick anytime someone talks about politics. I agree with you. And I also think, um, you know, one of my one of my superpowers, I have many uh, shortcomings, but one of them is metaphorical thinking is the ability to Mm -hmm. apply my education and my interest in a variety of other fields into business challenges that I encounter on a daily basis. And if you're only reading business books and learning how to code, I'm sorry, that's just not enough world experience to prepare you for how life actually works. That's my opinion. I completely and agree. Red uh, can disagree with me if he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lambda is a great customer, so you know, Lambda is right. We support, ab- we support you unequivocally, <laughs> and um, and I really do believe that the answer is probably somewhere in the middle. And what's amazing yeah. is seeing, like, to the credits of the Ivy League schools out there, the fact that there's like this open ed initiative to really like MIT, like open sourcing their entire sort of course curriculum is amazing. When we go back to hiring, though, I think you need to look for data outside of just school. Like, you know, you have your hiring scorecard data or you figure it out, like, based on the structured questions that we've developed and calibrated, like, how well do they demonstrate what we're looking for? Resume data, like, do they have a track record of achievement? Are they a job hopper? Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but, like what you tend to see is people who don't stay in role for greater than a year tend to not stay in role for greater than a year. And I think there's always a narrative around it. And I want to like be open to the fact that some people have, especially now in light of all these layoffs, like, you know, yes. But if you have a pattern of essentially letting a company invest in you and not really realize the return on that, because you're just changing roles all the time, That is a red flag for me. What I don't care about is domain experience. I think MuleSoft over-rotated on that for a long time. And early on, that was really important because we didn't have the sort of enablement team in place to be able to onboard people onto the technology sort of facet of what we did. And as you get bigger as a company, that domain experience becomes increasingly less important. And I think there is like there needs to be a lot more over rotation on the actual assessment itself and whether or not you have identified like, hey, this is a tenacious driven person. They're linear in how they prosecute demand. They create their own demand. They're coachable and open. They're gritty. They're growth oriented. Those sorts of things. I agree with you, Stephen. uh, It's been awesome having you on the show this week. Remind us if people want to get in touch with you. Is it Twitter that you're focused on? Yeah, I'm focused on Twitter. Uh, we talked about this last time, but my follower to tweet ratio is way off. Um, it's probably because I, <laughs> I don't really provide much. You still have a lot of followers. <laughs> it's, that's a relative phrase. Yeah, um, that's someday, true. Some, I mean, it's better than sending me a LinkedIn saying, hey, uh, we share a lot of connections. Let's connect. Like you can follow me on Twitter and I'll be none the wiser. And if I say something stupid, please call me out because I'm open to your feedback. <laughs> thank you uh, if folks want to reach out to me you can linkedin.com forward slash the word in forward slash Sam F. Jacobs you can follow me on Twitter too the warning is that uh, per- perhaps similar to Stephen most of my tweets are about music or politics and I'm not <laughs> always tweeting about sales if you can believe it 
I have other things I'm interested in as well. <laughs> shocked. <laughs> I, I know. know. Totally shocked. Uh, Thank you, Outreach, uh, for putting food on the table. Outreach triples the productivity of sales teams and drives predictable and measurable revenue growth. Great company. Congrats on your recent financing round. Stephen, thanks for being on the show. The rest of you, we'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Real, real pleasure. Appreciate it.